What holiday includes a wallet that smells like fish, molten lead dropped into cold water exploding in your face, hallucinations of a magical swine, and eviscerated fish on the sidewalk for all the children to see? Naturally, I'm talking about Christmas in the Czech Republic, a country that has a lot of traditions that people in the United States would not recognize as Christmas tradition. Today, I have Mr. Peter Coleman, a podcaster, a YouTuber, and an author of a book called Curious Czech Christmas, which was published in 2016. And we're going to talk about some of these, to us, wacky Christmas traditions. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. And I'd like to thank all of you for out there for listening to this episode of Prague Times. A city is much more than just a collection of buildings. It's a location. It's a history. It's a culture. It's ideas and ideals. And a city is also, most importantly, the people in it. This is Prague Times, the podcast that takes a look at the city of Prague in the Czech Republic. With more than a thousand years of history, there's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the past of Prague, but we'll also talk about the city as it is today, future plans for the city, and much more. It's Prague then, Prague now, and Prague later. And this is Prague Times. So, Peter, you are a busy guy. <laughs> you do a bunch of stuff. I keep busy. You're right, I do. So you have two podcasts. One is called The Bohemican with your friend Travis Dow, which is about history, culture, life here in the Czech Republic from an American viewpoint. Is that right? That's exactly right. Have it for about uh, seven years now. Oh, goodness. So what episode are you up to? Uh, we're up to episode 90, if you count all the special episodes. Wow. Okay. And then the other one is about alchemy. Is that right? Yeah, alchemy, the history of alchemy. My co-host, that was his main focus when he moved here 10 years ago. He's since relocated back to the United States. But one of the main things he wanted to do when he moved to Prague was to study alchemy because Prague was the seat of alchemical understanding during the, the reign of Rudolf II. Both of these podcasts are part of the Agora Podcast Network, and they're both hosted on Acast. Check the episode notes for links to this and some of the other things that Mr. Coleman does, because he's, you're not just a podcaster, you also are a YouTuber. When people say this, especially people a lot younger than me, that are you a social influencer? I kind of do, a, I have to stop from doing my eye roll. I would say maybe in some sense, I, I wanted to be a social influencer with the podcasting and going into YouTube because uh, the show that I do now is a YouTube show called Past Access. And that show is about my journeys around the world as a person living with a disability, a, a wheelchair user. Um, I've been a uh. survivor of spinal cord injury for 30 years. And uh, I first got the traveling bug with me when I became a, a fencer for the United States wheelchair fencing team in the year 2000. I was first alternate to the, to the Sydney Olympic Ga Paralympic Games in 2000 and fenced across the world, I guess. <laughs> um, and that gave me the bug to travel. But I always wanted to pay it forward and say, hey, you know what? People with disabilities abilities can travel uh, to Europe and Asia uh, with a lot of maybe some little bit of forethought and a lot of courage. But once you do it, it's something that's going to make your life so much more full and you're going to build on that. And I wanted to inspire people to do that. What prompted, hey, let's go check out the Czech Republic? 
my kids wanted to be here to um, get their their mom's side of, of their Czech heritage, get them in Czech schools here. So she's she's a just to clarify, she's Czech, but you met her in the U.S. No, actually, I met her when I was fencing, uh, when I was doing oh. a championships in Budapest. I, I met my, my former wife and, and uh, we um, started dating uh, long distance for many years. And then, then we got married in the United States and, and uh, um, I adopted her daughter and we have a, a son together. And I really didn't want to be a, apart from that growing process. So I made the, the big decision to relocate from Atlanta to Prague nine years ago and be a part of the kids' lives. But part of that process for me to acclimate to being here, when people ask me, why are you here? Well, I want to be with my kids, but you know, I'm here. I want to really get into all these great stories about Czech Republic and Bohemians and Moravia and Silesia and uh, you know all these all these great historical and cultural things that are unique to Central Europe. And then of course there's this book, Curious Czech Christmas, which you and is he uh, he's also your podcast co-host Travis Dow wrote together, published in December 2016 about Czech Christmas traditions. How did that get started? At the beginning of every year, I think a lot of people do this when they make their New Year's resolutions. I don't know about resolutions so much as, as goal setting for me. And uh, I try to take every year of, of moving that needle a little further ahead of things I want to accomplish. And um, podcasting is one of those things, starting a YouTube channel, you know, and writing a book about some of my experiences to see, can I do it? I think a lot of people say, hey, you know, I got a book in me someplace. I know I can do it if I have some time. But unless you do one, you're, you're just a potential author. And I wanted to make sure I could get one across the finish line and setting deadlines. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do something I love um, that I know because I've got kids in Czech Republic. We, they love Christmas here. Uh, I'm becoming more and more versed with all the traditions uh, that maybe I should write something, but, you know, put something down to paper and share it with other people. So that's where the Curious Czech Christmas came out. Is there anything in the Czech Christmas traditions that you find especially interesting? Because, you know, Europe, all through Europe, each country has its own weird, from our perspective, uh, Christmas traditions. Like in Catalonia, in Spain, they have a log that you the children beat until it poops candy. <laughs> <laughs> which totally sounds like something you would make see, up. I didn't see that in Barcelona, but I'm sure. <laughs> which totally sounds like something you would make up. In Bavaria, uh, men dress up in traditional lederhosen and get drunk and fire mortar rounds into the forest. Is it to scare away the demons or, or uh, the, the devil? Maybe that's where it started, but now it's just a, hey, let's see if we can blow up some trees kind of a thing. And of course, rather famously, and it's it's been making inroads in the past few years here in Prague is the Austrian tradition of Krampus, which is this horrible, for people listening, if you've never seen a picture of this, Google it, Krampus. It's this horrible demon that drags bad children off to hell. Yeah, it's awful. Um, we did a show on on him, I think, last year. And the, and you're right, the, the ties that go back to Austria go back hundreds of years to a certain point of this. And to, I think, the uh, the 19th century, they had a, a run that they still do today through several towns. Uh, I don't know exactly what town in Austria they do this in, but they do a Krampus run. And it's kind of a, an excuse for people to kind of kind of go wild and, and, you know, tear things up a little bit too. So, um, yeah. 
Very interesting, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's weird. So then uh, is there something about the Czech stuff that you found particularly appealing or was it just that you had this family connection? Well, you know, it's kind of funny. You, you, you get married into a tradition of the, my, my kids' uh, mother's side of the family are all Roman Catholic. And I grew up Protestant. So that was a little bit of a leap for me. But when you get here, there's even as Czech Republic is one of the more atheist countries in Europe, there's still those kind of sinews of connections to religion, either Judaism or Christianity. Um, uh, and um, even if you're not a believer, those things can't be really separated so much during this time of year. So you have all these saint days and feast days leading up to Christmas that are part and parcel of the season here, even if you're not a practicing Christian. And I found that to be kind of amazing from St. Barbara Day to St. Lucia Day to uh, St. Andrew. It's, it's all over the place. And you just kind of get that Advent feeling as you go day or week by week, you get closer to Christmas that there's a crescendo coming. So the whole month kind of builds up with all these different little things. And then the big day for checks is not the 25th, but the night before the 24th. And you better get your sleep and you better maybe eat the day before a lot of food because there's two things are going to happen. One, you're going to be forced to see the golden pig, which is a form of hallucination because you haven't eaten all day leading up to the Christmas supper. Um, and that's, that way, it, what it does is it kind of, you know, it, it takes the idea of, of fasting, but it's more so that your, your appetite will be just at a heightened level when it's time to eat around six or seven o'clock at night. Sure, that makes sense. I mean, the old saying, hunger is the best sauce. It, it, yeah, exactly. And that really plays into it when we talk about the dishes that are coming. Yeah, well, that's for sure, <laughs> yeah. I with the, with the golden pig thing, I always assume that it's like, I always assume it's gotta be grandpa. Like grandpa's cranky, he hasn't eaten all day. And finally around five o'clock he goes, yeah, I see the pig, can we eat now? Exactly, uh, all pretense is gone. Uh, the pig has walked across the room. You know, so you have you have that, but you also need to catch up on your sleep before you get to the 24th because, buddy, you won't be going to bed until maybe five or six in the morning on the 25th. And that's because the party starts. You eat, you, you open presents, you know, all that kind of good stuff. You go to mass if that's what you need to do. And then you come back and you drink with your neighbors and family all the way through the morning hours and play games. It's, it's exhausting. It's, it's a chore. You're going through a lot through the course of the day. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a nap. You're not going to get one. Yeah. <laughs> now, of course, it's not Santa Claus who brings the gifts here. It's... Baby Jesus. But naturally, in a country that is 26% avowedly atheist, who else would bring the gifts? How is baby Jesus able to lift a Christmas tree into the house, uh, you know, un unnoticed? But that's what he does. The tree is not given, and this is my biggest pet peeve of the entire season, being an American. After Thanksgiving, most Americans start changing gears, you know, into, into Christmas immediately. It was our tradition, our family, especially in the Midwest, uh, that, you know, after Thanksgiving dinner, you go to the Christmas tree farm, you cut down your tree, and you bring it in. That very night, the tree's up. Now, you're, you're going to decorate the rest of the weekend, but, you know, come, you know, December 1st, you're already enjoying the smell of evergreen in your house. Here, none of that. You, you do get some other things. You can make wreaths and things on the table. Yes, that's for sure. You can hang them from the ceiling, wreaths and beautiful garlands. But the tree stays hidden, wrapped up. And I hope kids aren't listening to the podcast tonight. <laughs> they, they stay hidden on the balcony. And um, they're only put out when dinner's being uh, prepared. The kids are preoccupied watching fairy tales on television. And uh, then the tree then miraculously comes up and decorated in, in an hour, two hours, and the presents are put under and the doors closed. 
hopefully in another room. And so as everyone's eating dinner and having a good time, plans have been made for a neighbor to ring a bell. And so, you know, a small kid's going to look and say, well, everyone's here. That must be an angel. And so when the bell kid opens the door and baby Jesus was there, he had brought the tree and the presents. And now it's time to start unwrapping presents. I have Um, a friend whose father used to put Vaseline on his hands and then leave handprints on the window behind the tree to show that baby Jesus had been here. But of course, that's great. But he's a grown (laughs) man. So baby Jesus apparently has these giant man hands on his tiny little baby arms. And greasy hands yeah <laughs> and, and yeah hey baby jesus why don't you wash you know it's interesting maybe you should put like a a, uh, a caution before this podcast anybody under the age of 12 please don't listen <laughs> right kids were lying baby jesus has dirty hands and they're bizarrely huge and he totally brings your gifts and shut up Now we come to the traditional meal itself. And, you know, like you mentioned Thanksgiving, we Americans, when people say, oh, what is Thanksgiving? We'll say, oh, turkey and stuffing. But what we mean is, yes, there's turkey and yes, there's stuffing. And there's also cranberry sauce and mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts and green bean casserole and this and that. And And there are, you know, 15, 16 different dishes in there. But when the Czechs say Christmas dinner is carp and potato salad, that's it. That is very, very true. And it, unless you've got a vegan or a vegetarian at the table, where a side dish is meant just for them, that is it. There, there's, maybe soup. May, well, and well, it, it's fish soup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, carp soup. And carp is not the most delicious fish. Uh, so for those of you from uh, Missouri or uh, Illinois, think of the poor man's catfish. That's kind of the taste. That's kind of the, the feel of it all. But um, you know, what's interesting about all this is the first people who hear that, they're like, listen, aren't you a landlocked country? I'm like, yeah, we are. And there's a lot of tradition and some people will refute this. I like the tradition, historical tradition, which is that you have to go back to the days of uh, Emperor Charles IV that made sure that people wouldn't starve, especially peasant people. And they had their proteins. Not everybody could eat venison or other wild pigs and animals. So he created these giant fish ponds for carp. And there's a city down in South Bohemia called Trebon. That's one of the major fish carp producers. And so what the, that's where they say the tradition comes from, that it's just fed by a lot. It's fed for a lot of people that everyone's got a chance to have this fried fish on almost all these corners in downtown Prague, these giant tubs of water. And one guy's, you know, wearing an apron that's going to butcher your live fish or give you the live carp uh, to put in your bathtub or, you know, hold on to it until it's time to kill it and, and cook it. They take them out in November, actually, out of the ponds in Shabon. They put them in cleaner water. They let them swim around. Then they eventually bring them to the cities. They put them in these tubs. And it's it's packed like a Tokyo subway train at, at rush hour. It is, it is preposterous. And they're like these two guys who can't get any other job, I guess. And they're just like... They're tired and they scoop them out of there and they either give them to you in a bag with some water and people take them home and put them in the bathtub, which we'll talk about in a second, or they take out a hammer and they smack this fish right on the head right there and then cut it open and blood goes everywhere. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. That's why I always say... For me, Christmas in the Czech Republic is blood on the snow. That's what it is, but uh, that's how they roll here. 
Yeah, it is astonishing. And I've heard, you know, sometimes what will happen when they bring it home live, when somebody does know how to butcher a fish. The kids hang out. They put it in the bathtub so nobody showers for a week. And the kids, like, they get in there and they play with it and they name it. And then when it's time to kill Fluffy, the fish, this is a traumatic moment in a lot of people's childhoods. Well, you grow up faster here in Czech Republic. I mean, this is not for the we- the timid of heart. This is, <laughs> you know, it's not like, you know, you know, someone's already killed the turkey and you bought it at Safeway or you've seen the, the intimacy of death, you know, uh, it's really a different type of holiday. But as you said, there's some side garnishes to this process. I mean, you, you do have a, a soup that's made of fish byproducts <laughs> of that fish. But if someone does it really nice, it is very good. It's a broth type feel to it all. And what makes it a little bit better is the uh, croutons that are, are from bread that they're cooked and kind of fried a little bit as well. You put in there, uh, it kind of helps. You'll have a German style potato salad. Again, I don't want to start any check fights. There's a lot of people feel like, oh, I've got the better type of potato salad. It's not German. It's something else. You know, something that might be a little sweeter uh, on the coleslaw sort of level. It depends on the household. But that's the, the the main sort of side dish that goes with harp. And of course, for safety, for your safety, because there will be people admitted to the emergency room every year for swallowing these little carp bones that can get into your throat. So the best thing for you to do is take your time, eat around the little bones and put the bones into a little dish that's right in front of yours. That's a carb eating 101. So there's all these great traditions. Uh, there's some where, you know, you don't leave the table, not to use the bathroom, not to use any of this. Bad luck for the rest of the year. You you have rope tied around some of the, all four legs of the table in some households, and that's to prevent uh, someone breaking into your house and stealing anything for the rest of the year. So think of some of the New Year's sort of traditions some countries have. They're incorporated on this night of Christmas Eve. Uh, but one of the more important ones is taking a fish scale, just a little fish scale, and putting that fish scale someplace in your wallet is supposed to give you good luck financially through the new year. Yeah, I think it's the same idea. Like, you know, there's there are these traditions in China and other countries for New Year's of, of eating round food, lentils, and so on, because they resemble coins. Yeah, sure. And it, 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 everyone's got their thing. I mean, you know, in, in the American South, there's certain things you eat on New Year's Eve and there's uh, uh, to bring you good luck. And, and uh, so, yeah, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that go around it. But I think Czech Republic is very well set in their ways. Okay. Battle of Bilahora in, in 1620. The Czechs lost their identity, their self their self governance at that point. They would not get it back until after World War One. They got it back when they got Czechoslovakia named and helped by President Wilson for one um, to to get Czechoslovakia made into a country. That first republic was a short cup of coffee because then we had World War II and the annexation uh, from Nazi Germany. So then again, they lost their autonomy. And then just as they're starting to maybe get it back again from 46 to 47, there was a nice little coup d'etat by the communists. uh, And by the end of the 40s, they were done. And we wouldn't see them again have this self-autonomy until 1989. Why am I giving this history lesson? Well, Christmas didn't take a break. Christmas was still here and people were celebrating it, even though the Soviets or the, the, the communist government here looked down upon people being religious. It was very often that people, if you were in the Communist Party and you still were a believer, you kept it quiet. If you want to get your kid baptized, you drove out to the country to some church in the middle of nowhere to get your kid baptized so that no one would find out about it. People were looking over their shoulders. The only people that were given this sort of grant into that you can do what you want by going into church and praying were older people because the communists really didn't care about that. You know, they're on their way out the door, let them do it. We're going to be focused more on the younger people. 
And they did a pretty good job of, of kind of weeding out, you know, religion here in a lot of ways. A lot of practicing folks just gave up with it if they weren't sentenced to, you know, going off to some of these labor camps. That happened a lot in the early 1950s. Um, so people were just kind of afraid to, to do that. But Christmas didn't go away. People still celebrated it, even in the midst of having retribution. And the communists had to kind of turn, turn a blind eye and say, well, that's what the Czechs are. They, they celebrate. And um, it, it, to me, it's that level of perseverance that's very remarkable in, in, the, in the light of a, a communist regime for, the, for so many years. What in a lot of other cultures might be New Year's Eve traditions, sort of trying to create or secure good luck and good fortune for the coming year. A lot of these get attached to Christmas Eve here in the Czech Republic and also in Slovakia. Like in Slovakia, there's a dish. It's kind of like a kind of like a pancake called loksha, and uh, there's a Christmas tradition that the oldest man in the household takes a spoonful of this loksha batter and flings it at the ceiling. And it sticks there because it's so thick. And the longer it sticks, the more prosperous the household will be in the coming year. I, I believe it. You know, there, there's so many great traditions, too, that, you know, go back to even what you see in, in England, where that cross between um, Christmas was kind of morphing around somewhere around the 18th and 19th century, where, I mean, people would kind of cross these things that we consider to be Halloween things in, the, in North America with Christmas. They would do ghost storytelling and they would do these other things with divination and uh, trying to tell fortunes and uh, uh, drinking a lot and eating a lot and all those you know, things that you would think, well, that's not really Christmas, is it completely? But Czechs in, in some ways kind of incorporate that divination and those kind of darker stories. Yeah, like, like this whole thing with the lead. Have you done this thing with the hot lead? I've seen someone do it. I have not done it myself. And it, it's... Uh, I, I think the concept is you, you take this, you burn this lead or you burn it, you melt the lead and then you put it in water. And as it's kind of like cooling down, it, it morphs into some sort of shape that's supposed to give you an idea about the future. Is that? That's exactly right. It's, it's essentially what is the same thing as reading tea leaves is you kind of squint and you look at a shape and then the shape makes a connection in your mind. And then supposedly that gives you some insight into the question that you have. So I did it one year and it is molten lead. And you need to make sure that that water is room temperature because if it's out of the refrigerator cold... Did, did you wear safety goggles? No, I should have because it kind of... It, it destroyed a, It cracked a glass. <laughs> and we went, oh gosh, okay. So we're going to need a, a thicker mug and we're going to have to make sure that water's not quite so cold because it turns out that's incredibly dangerous. This is a season fraught with dangers. Well, we said it before, you're going to grow up faster here. I mean, that's just how it is. <laughs> There's also other traditions about, you know, telling who you might meet or you're, uh, you're going to find a loved one in the new year. And there's, a, there's an issue where you can turn your back towards the door. You take one shoe off, throw it over your shoulder. If it lands with the shoe facing the door, the, the tradition that you're going to meet somebody special that you might marry. Yeah, I've heard there, there are two different versions. I think in, in Northern Moravia, and there's always women, unmarried women are supposed to do this. In some parts of the country, if the shoes are pointing towards the door, you'll meet a husband that year. In other parts, parts of the country, whatever direction, it's a little more optimistic or desperate perhaps, whatever direction the shoes are pointing is the direction that your future husband will eventually come from. Uh, there's some old world traditions here. They go even with wedding ceremonies about jumping over brooms and, and uh, 
of, of putting a, a glass of Slivovitsa on the table and an axe. And if he picks up the axe first, that means he's going to be a good husband. If he picks up the, the bottle of Slivovitsa, good luck. So the big day is on the 24th, and then the 25th is just kind of like a go hang out, chill out, hang out with your friends, see other more distant family members. And they even take the 26th off. So they actually have this three-day period of just kind of chilling, and then it's just a couple of days until New Year's. And, and if you are in Europe, New Year's is a different sort of thing for the Europeans than it is for North Americans. Um, and it's really different if you're Russian. Uh, imagine, you know, you don't really celebrate Christmas on the 25th or 20, 24th or 25th of December if you're Russian. If you're Russian Orthodox, it's after, you know, a few days after New Year's. Uh, but New Year's is all wrapped up into one big, major, major party and gift-giving situation if you're Russian. And here they have fireworks that remind you of 4th of July on a, on a bad day. It's, it's fourth, you know, fireworks everywhere for a couple days even. You can go down to Old Town in Prague and be shoulder to shoulder with thousands of people and someone will have a Roman candle and light it right next to your ear. Yeah, and you have to keep in mind, every single person there with high grade, sometimes professional grade fireworks, they are all very, very drunk. Hammered. <laughs> Hammered. It's just another time to just kind of like, you know, let loose. And what people don't really get, Europeans get this, but again, North Americans have, have what, two weeks a year, you get off and some national holidays. Here, you usually get five weeks off and the national holidays. So, you know, you can go through December and you've got three or four national holidays already put in the books. And then you could take off another two or three days and you've got like 10 days off. I mean, it's it, with the weekends. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, that's I think that's kind of the idea behind these midwinter festivals is that it is, you know, in the old days. Now we have refrigeration and electricity and things like this, so it's not the same. But when these traditions uh, sort of arose, food was getting scarce. You know, people had to put their stuff in their larder and, you know, by the time we're coming to the end of December and, and technically the beginning of winter, like, oh, yeah, things that we've got three pretty tough months ahead of us. And, and, and yes, and getting through the winter months is hard. I mean, and as, as I look out the window now, uh, it's been dark for an hour. It's five o'clock. <laughs> so, oh, um, yeah, seriously. The days are so it's, short. It's tough. It is really tough. If, you know, for those of us that are, you know, from the southern part of the United States, uh, it's, you know, we were just a different part of the globe. It doesn't get this dark that early. But, um, yeah, it's maybe not as bad as, as Sweden, but it's, it's up there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I have to find some happy time someplace. And, yeah, uh, uh, but, you know, sure. one of the traditions is kind of cool that really perplexes people, especially if they're not religious, is over doorways marked in chalk, you're going to have these initials. You're going to have K plus M plus B and the new year that's coming up. So 2021. And people are like, well, why do I see this? Is it like a, you know, a really bad gang tagging sign? <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually the initials of the three wise men. And it's supposed to kind of, you know, give you good luck and, and protect your house and, and, you know, thinking about that. And you'll see that um, marked over people's doorways all through Prague. I did not. I've seen it and I never knew what that meant. So that's the three wise men. Yeah. That, and I'm going to butcher the name, one of the names here, but it's, it's a uh, Caspar, uh, Melikar, and Baltazar. So there's been a lot of talk this year about how 2020 kind of just sucks. 
But that doesn't mean your Christmas has to suck if you're here in the Czech Republic and you have any way to access some of the Christmas traditions. It's probably a good idea to do so. Don't let it just pass as just another day. If you're not in the Czech Republic, why don't you adopt a couple of these traditions for yourself? Do something a little different. Just be really careful with that hot lid because no kidding, it's super dangerous. So, uh, Peter, any any uh, words of wisdom for the year 2021? You know, I, I would say hang in there. If, if you could put that on a, a needlepoint or a bumper sticker, uh, there, there's levels of optimism if you dig deep enough to find them. I know it's going to be hard as we're not quite out of 2020. Uh, we still have the holidays to do, and a lot of people are going to be isolated still away from their families. I know it's hard. Believe me, I know it's hard. But keep to faith, man. We're going to get through this, and we probably won't get to see a whole lot of light at the end of the tunnel until maybe the spring or summer. But in the meantime, you know, like you said, Derek, I, I think you need to hold on to some of these traditions that you can, um, you know, start up your Zoom calls, talk to your family as much as you can. Don't be isolated, you know, and, and try to make the best of it. Do some projects that you normally wouldn't do because you're too busy traveling or doing other things um, so that you feel like you've accomplished something. So my words of advice are hang in there, 2021. <laughs> you're right. It can't possibly be worse. No, don't say that. <laughs> because of course it can. Jinx it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, hey, I'd like to thank Mr. Peter Coleman for talking to me today. He is the podcaster behind the Bohemican podcast, which looks at culture, life, and history of the Czech Republic from an American viewpoint, as well as the podcast, The History of Alchemy, which is exactly what it sounds like, The History of Alchemy, but with kind of a prog emphasis in there, uh, both of which are hosted on Acast and are available all over the place, iTunes and so on and so forth. He is also a YouTuber with the Past Access, that's P-A-S-T Access podcast channel, uh, which is all about his uh, travels around the world in a wheelchair. He also has some Bohemian videos on there as well. And his book, Curious Check Christmas, published in 2016. Uh, it is available on Amazon. Please check the show notes for links to all of these things and other things that were mentioned in here. Thank you very, very much for talking to me today, sir. It was a very interesting conversation. Oh, my pleasure, Derek. I, I, I love I loved, uh, talking about things in Czech Republic, and, and uh, I'm hoping that your listeners get a lot out of the book or actually out of this episode as well. So thank excellent. you. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And I'm going to do something a little atypical is I'm going to do a little cross-promotion here, which is that on the 23rd of December, our sister podcast, Conspiracy Clearinghouse will be examining the so-called War on Christmas. So make sure to check that out at about uh, 12 noon Central European time on December 23rd. Well, once again, I'd like to thank Mr. Coleman for talking to us today. Merry Christmas, everybody! Have a good holiday season. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Prague Times. If you liked this episode, be sure to like it on Share It and Tell Your Friends. Check us out on all of our social media platforms for extra goodies as well. Until next time, this has been Prog Times. <laughs>